0: Good afternoon and welcome to Midday Magazine for Tuesday, April 25th. I'm Shelby Herbert. Coming up... The Coast Guard rescue crews pulled two people from the water on Sunday off Cape Chiniac, about 15 miles southeast of the city of Kodiak. The fishing vessel Altiac was taking on water about 200 yards from shore and sent a distress call around 8 a.m that's according to a Coast Guard press release. Two crew members were on board at the time and activated the vessel's emergency radio beacon. Both were wearing their immersion suits and went into the water when a Coast Guard helicopter crew arrived less than half an hour later. They were recovered by a rescue swimmer and brought to medical personnel at Providence Kodiak Island Medical Center. The Co- The Coast Guard did not release additional information on the condition of the survivors, but the press release did say that safety equipment on the vessel was key to the rescue. As of Monday afternoon, helicopter crews had not located the Altiac, and it was unclear whether the vessel had sunk or was still adrift, according to a Coast Guard spokesperson. The spokesperson said mariners in the area should be cautious and notify the Coast Guard if they see the vessel. The Sitka School Board has gone out on a limb, maybe the longest limb it's ever gone out on, in passing a budget for next year. In a split vote last Thursday, The board voted to keep staffing levels the same as this year and to almost completely drain the district's reserves. Robert Woolsey reports from Sitka.
1: The most money for education in Alaska comes from the legislature, and that's the rub for Sitka and every other school district in the state. The legislature hasn't decided how much it will spend next year, leaving schools to draft their budgets based on guesswork. It's an infuriating and agonizing process for local communities that want to spend as much as they can on schools, keeping good teachers, recruiting new ones, and maintaining sports, music, and other extracurricular programs that incentivize attendance. Board member Tristan Gavon attributed much of Sitka's difficult position to a faulty legislative process.
2: What we're doing here is we're building a budget without an idea of what our revenues will be because uh, of inaction by the state. You know, we all kind of, you know, we've, we've talked to death kind of the situation with the BSA that it hasn't been increased since since 2016, since July 1st of 2016. In that same time period, you know, we faced about 25% inflation. So, so in essence, that flat funding, um, you know, is a budget decrease,
3: a significant budget decrease.
1: The BSA stands for Base Student Allocation, or the amount of money the state gives each district for each student. The BSA has been increased once in the last seven years and been bumped several times with one-time grants. But, as Gavon noted, it's never been adjusted for inflation. Several bills have been introduced in the legislature this year that might provide yet another bump, but it's anyone's guess where the final number will land. This left the Sitka School Board to consider only two options, whether to cut three teachers at Kiku and increase class sizes in fourth and fifth grade, Or keep those teachers and take the district savings account to its lowest level ever, just over $10,000. Board member Todd Gebler wanted to keep the teachers.
2: This is a risk. This is an enormous risk. And a lot of it, you can put a label on it if if the state is is not doing it. It's not doing what they should for us, and that is is the truth. They're really not doing it. But in, in, in order for... For the teachers to do what they need to do, small class sizes are important. And in order, in order for, for us to do that, I'm very, very happy to keep those three positions a key.
1: The risk is that the proposed budget assumes the state will increase the BSA with a one-time shot of $450. Again, it's just a guess. Bills have been introduced in the legislature with higher amounts, but it's a long road before any of them arrive at the governor's desk. The final amount could also be lower than $450. In that event, the district couldn't meet its obligations, as pointed out by Mike Vieira, president of the Sitka Education Association, which represents teachers. If, uh,
2: if
0: you can't
3: meet, well, that's, that's us. So we're, I think that puts us all in the same boat.
1: Another alternative before the board would be to reduce staff at Kikushihin Elementary by two positions and transfer them to Blatchley Middle School. The resulting draw on district savings would then leave close to $200,000 in the bank. This was the preference of Board President Blossom Teal Olson, who was uncomfortable with going all the way down to $10,000.
3: I cannot,
4: I cannot bring myself to be okay with walking away knowing that it would jeopardize our whole community, knowing that our fund balance would
5: be left at such
1: a level. In the end, other board members overruled Teal Olson and voted to approve a budget that leaves the teaching staff intact, draws on $1.7 million in savings, and assumes the legislature will allocate at least another $450 per student to education this year, which, as yet, it has come to no agreement on. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey.
0: The Sitka School District's $23 million budget for next year now goes to the Sitka Assembly for final adoption. Ketchikan's Borough Assembly pushed forward with a plan to require owners of short-term rentals, like Airbnbs, to get a zoning permit. It's part of a push to try to glean more information about the property's impact on the local housing market. But as Reagan Miller reports, a split vote by the assembly stripped out a requirement that property owners renew their permits every year.
4: Ketchikan's borough assembly is moving forward with a new plan for short-term rental permits, but made a few changes to the concept proposed by borough officials. That included removing what the borough's top land use official pitched as a key component of the plan, annual renewals. Borough Planning Director Richard Harney told the Assembly that the proposal is meant to shine a light on the ways that short-term or vacation rentals might be affecting the local housing market. He says it's not a bid to shut down the properties and wouldn't cost the owners any money.
1: We want to still allow them. We want to have that economic um, uh, engine. We want to be that destination, that host community. We want them to be here. But we also want to be able to provide for our citizens and our residents.
4: He says he included the renewal requirement to make sure policymakers have the most up-to-date picture of how many vacation rentals are active in Ketchikan each year.
1: Annual permit renewals are required to provide a tool for monitoring the
4: number of dwellings being used as vacation rentals. Assemblymember Austin Otos said he supported the concept.
0: I think getting the short-term rentals uh, defined and permitted helping the uh, helps the uh, The planning process for the borough. Um, I I think if we do nothing, I'm afraid that uh, short-term rentals will be kind of like a scapegoat um, for our degrading housing conditions. I don't want to end up with the situation that Sitka had um, where they put some fairly uh, strict restrictions on um, short-term rentals, so that's why I'll be supporting this.
4: Sitka passed stricter rules for short-term rentals last summer after seeing the number of short-term rentals applying for permits skyrocket. There are some neighborhoods where those kinds of rentals just aren't allowed, some where the city needs to approve an application, and others where no permit is necessary. Juno officials have been looking into how these rentals could be tightening the housing market. But some assembly members said requiring owners to re-register their properties every year was an unfair burden. Glenn Thompson opposed annual renewals, just as he did when the borough considered the issue last year.
5: You know, I think this is is an onerous requirement to, uh, to require somebody to come and kiss the ring every year. Um, That's been my whole problem with this all along.
4: Jamie Palmer suggested that there may be other ways to get the same information, like through third-party monitoring of these properties. Harney, the planning director, says that requires money and a contract, while the permits would not require any additional borough spending. But borough officials see the value in yearly renewals. They say it's a key part of tracking these short-term rentals. And Harney says it will also help shine a light on whether short-term rental owners are paying the appropriate taxes.
1: It does limit um, the the ability of the planning department to track these things over time.
4: The assembly was split 3-3 on amending the plan, with Borough Mayor Rodney Dial breaking the tie by voting in favor of the changes. The amended plan is scheduled to come back for a public hearing on May 1st. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Regan Miller. Juneau's housing crunch usually wor- worsens
0: in the spring as seasonal workers make their way to town, but this year, one of the people who works to house families says the situation is just plain scary. Yvonne crown has this story from Juno.
3: Dave Ringel works with St. Vincent de Paul, helping families and seniors find housing. Every time we
1: house somebody, somebody else comes on our radar.
3: He got an email from a fisherman from the lower 48 who planned to bring his large family to Juneau for the summer while he fished. But Ringel knows how hard it will be to find housing for a family. And he's worried he won't be able to help
1: i don't want to see uh, people like that come up here and become homeless and i i I wish i had a better answer for people
3: st vincent de paul housed 16 families in the last year and they're working with around six more right now by many metrics juno's housing issues are getting worse state data shows that in the first week of february last year there were about 270 people experiencing homelessness in juno In the same week this year, that number is around 330. Ringel said there are housing projects and programs in the works that will alleviate the strain on the community, but those projects take a lot of time.
1: It's a short-term emergency with few answers and yet long-term we have to, we're at a point where as a community we cannot be healthy without a larger supply of
3: housing. Some people who do have housing are facing eviction due to large amounts of back pay rent from the pandemic-era eviction moratorium. St. Vincent de Paul helps with rental assistance, but their funds have been spread thin.
1: We ran out of the money that was used for that because it was going out uh, almost 50% faster than it had any other year.
3: While the evictions open up rentals that Ringel can move other people into, the people being evicted then face the same issues. He said often people end up on the streets while looking for another place. And I'm just hoping we keep people safe through the summer. In Juneau, I'm Yvonne Crumery.
0: The warming shelter at Resurrection Lutheran Church is closed down until next winter, and the city-run Mill Campground is open for the summer. It's a campground above the cruise docks that's meant for unhoused people to use in the warmer months. Dining options can be few and far in between in small communities, particularly when they're off-the-road system and supplies are difficult to source. But an eatery that opened in downtown Kodiak this winter is dishing up meals with a special connection to the island. Kirsten Dobrith stopped in and has this story.
5: It's a snowy Wednesday morning, and the kitchen at Nuniak hasn't opened for the day yet, but it's already buzzing. There's dozens of boxes lined up on the counter waiting to be filled with to-go orders. Country music is pumping out of the speakers, and the restaurant's owner, Melissa Burns-Voboda, is icing a golden brown tray of cinnamon rolls that she just pulled from the oven. Well, we're fortunate
2: that we made cinnamon rolls for a morning a morning job, and that's extra. So we, uh, you know, the crew, the crew needs to eat, too.
5: It's the perk. It's the perk of the job. Burns Faboda has run a catering business out of itinerant kitchen spaces in Kodiak over the years. She upgraded to a brick-and-mortar late last year, where she now dishes up takeaway brunch and lunch orders. She's planning on a bigger grand opening in late May, when she'll open a sit-down dining space inside the restaurant. Nuniak means Old Harbor in Alutic. That's the village where Bern Svoboda grew up on the southeast side of the island. She proudly advertises her business as being woman and native-owned, saying she wants to empower other native women to pursue their dreams. Cooking has been a lifelong passion. I mean, it's
2: just part of growing up in a big family. Um, my mom was, I was in the kitchen cooking and being a young
5: girl and the eldest of four, that was kind of my role, was right there alongside my mom. That role later evolved to include prepping meals on the boat when she started fishing commercially with her dad a few years later. As the head of a busy commercial kitchen now, Berns Favoda still works alongside members of her family. Her cousin Chance Christensen was behind the counter and stirring a big pot of chowder that morning. I think it
0: was just a village day. Everybody's always cooking together. We would all go over and everybody would help
5: with all the... Families coming together. Traditional recipes from Old Harbor, like soups, chowders, and parak pockets, which are kind of like flaky salmon-filled pies, are on Nuniac's menu now. Recipes for staples like bread come from passed-down family traditions. Burns Svoboda sources ingredients from local food producers when she can, including produce from growers in Old Harbor and seasonal seafood from Kodiak fishermen and processors. She says it's all made her a savvy business owner.
2: Living in a village, being on a boat, you have limited ingredients, you have limited
5: access um, to things, and so you learn to be a little bit more creative. She says she likes to jazz up familiar recipes to showcase both her creativity as a chef and local flavors. Menu items like the Sukupiak tacos have been one of her best sellers. We just
2: took a spin on the Indian taco and we use our traditional breads and um, make a taco out of it and
5: I think it's fun. The clock is creeping towards opening and the phone has been ringing off the hook. Burns Foboda seems to be everywhere at once, bouncing from the meat slicer to a second tray of cinnamon rolls that need icing. Somewhere in the middle she assembles a food processor. She dumps a bag of flour into a bowl and throws in a stick of butter. There isn't a measuring cup in sight, but she says that's no problem. All her food is measured in love, just like how she learned in Old Harbor. In Kodiak, I'm Kirsten Dobrath. KFSK is issuing a correction
0: to a story that aired last Thursday about plans for a new hospital facility in Petersburg. A previous version of the story incorrectly implied that Petersburg Medical Center stopped providing birthing services because of the declining condition of the hospital. The hospital board voted to stop providing the service because of Petersburg's declining birth rate as well as difficulty maintaining enough staff members trained in obstetrics. However, the hospital CEO, Phil Hofstetter, maintains that further deterioration of the facility could lead to the suspension of more services. KFSK is celebrating National Poetry Month by sharing poetry readings each weekday. Today's poetry reading features Sharon Hunter.
2: My poem today is On the Marriage of Friends by Greg Delante. So you have chosen the way of the swan, the way perhaps that is not natural to everyone, but I will not harp about heron, bluebird, or dotterel nor how the male flycatcher pairs with two females keeping a mile between, so neither cops how the other shares the same philandering gentleman. Did you know the life-coupling way of the swan is also that of the crow? and there'll be crow-black days. You'll call at each other with blind gusto, but there'll be times when you'll sing the duet of the black-collared barbit with the first part of the song sung by one and the second by the mate. We wish you now many such duet days and sing for you like the red-eyed vireo who sings nonstop through the summer blaze. On this day... You take the way of swan and crow.
0: These poetry readings are a production of KFSK, presented throughout the month of April. The readings are aired at approximately 8.08 a.m. and 12.30 p.m. You can listen to many poetry readings on our website, kfsk.org. You're listening to Midday Magazine. My name is Shelby Herbert, and I report for KFSK. Coming up next, local and marine weather.